Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 8th of March, the 67th day of 2021, with 298 days awaiting us between now and 2022. Toward the end of last week, the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases worldwide had approached 115.7 million, amounting to an increase of at least 2.5 million cases globally since the week before. The number of confirmed cases in the United States near the end of this past week bordered on 29 million, an increase of over a half million cases since the week before. While our efforts collectively as a population attempting to combat coronavirus are gaining strength, so too are the variant strains of the virus. A growing number of folks have received vaccinations, and institutions such as the University of Maine continue to conduct spit tests every week for any of their employees, faculty and staff alike, and students who are spending any time at all on campus. But the number of confirmed cases of the virus in Maine also continues for reasons clear to anyone familiar with the basics of Contamination 101. Elsewhere concerning COVID-19 on the planet, India has been maintaining a distant second place worldwide this past week with over 11.2 million confirmed cases of the novel coronavirus. Brazil continues in a not-so-distant third place worldwide with 10.8 million confirmed cases this past week. Russia and the UK, neck and neck for a while now, are in fourth and fifth places respectively, each having 4.2 million confirmed cases the two countries being only 9,000 cases apart. France is not far behind in sixth place with about 3.9 million confirmed cases. Spain is again in seventh place with nearly 3.2 million confirmed cases. Deaths from the COVID-19 globally by this past Friday were eclipsing 2.6 million. Meanwhile, here in the U.S., total confirmed COVID-19 deaths near the end of this past week approached 521,000, an increase of at least 12,000 from the previous week, amounting to an average of 1,714 deaths per day or 71 fatalities every hour. Important to remember is that the U.S. has only 4% of the world's population, though at least 25% of the world's confirmed COVID-19 cases, and almost 20% of the world's COVID-19 fatalities. So we continue as the number one hotspot for coronavirus deaths on the planet. Beyond doubt, we are absolutely the most hospitable people on Earth to the novel coronavirus. Elsewhere internationally, second place for COVID-19 fatalities again goes to Brazil with its total of 261,000 deaths from the virus since the beginning of the pandemic. Mexico continues in third place, recording 189,000 deaths due to COVID-19, and India is again in fourth place, with close to 158,000 coronavirus deaths since the beginning of the pandemic. Heavenward in the eastern pre-dawn sky, about an hour before sunrise this morning and the next couple of mornings, look for the waning full moon, the snow moon, as it keeps company with Saturn, Jupiter, and Mercury. Above, at a slight distance, will be Altair, the brightest star in the constellation Aguila, or the Eagle. Today, in 1884, six years after congressional legislatures 
legislators introduced a federal women's suffrage amendment. Susan B. Anthony, while addressing the United States House of Representatives Judiciary Committee, argued for an amendment to the U.S. Constitution to grant women the right to vote. Another 36 years would pass before the 19th Amendment would be ratified. Today, in 1973, tired of spending what they thought was too much money on small quantities of cannabis, Paul and Linda McCartney, on their farm in Scotland, took up marijuana horticulture, determined to make use of the seeds sent by their many fans who had often heard the couple proclaim how much they liked planting things. Unfortunately, local police found a few examples of cannabis sativa that had taken root at the farm, and Paul was summoned to court to explain himself, which he did, insisting that he was ignorant of what sorts of seeds he and his wife had planted. The judge accepted the defense and fined McCartney a couple of hundred pounds, which Paul promptly paid. Today, in 1943, in London, England, Lynn Redgrave was born. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us that after growing up to be a plump young woman, Lynn planned to be a chef until her actor father, Sir Michael Redgrave, pushed her into acting. In her first major movie, Georgie Girl, in 1966, she played a chubby, ugly duckling, and afterwards Lynn fell into a vicious cycle of gorging and purging. Then in the 1970s, while traveling to Toronto by plane, she was seated next to comedian Gilda Radner. The two began sharing stories about their eating problems, and Gilda began crying. Lynn would later say, She had never talked about it before, nor had I, but hearing how out of control she was got to me. I decided I had to quit. With counseling, Lynn recovered and went on to become a svelte, diet system spokesperson. Today is also the birthday of Oliver Wendell Holmes in 1841, of Sam Jaffe in 1891, of Claire Trevor in 1910, of Sid Charisse in 1921, of Mickey Dolenz in 1945, and of Aidan Quinn in 1959. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Here's to the 12th official week of winter. Spring is less than two weeks away.